Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. I'm Alana Walden and I'm here to introduce a new series of podcast interviews hosted by our colleagues in the Cambridge Assessment Network. The Assessment Network equip practitioners with the skills and knowledge needed to design and develop effective assessments. In this first episode, we're focusing on apprenticeships and assessment and are joined by Leo Webster, Apprenticeship Product Manager, and Callum Foley, Customer Engagement Lead from NCFE, which is a national awarding organisation with a focus on vocational learning. Welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Assessment Network. Today I'm here with Leo Webster and Callum Foley from NCFE for National Apprenticeship Week to talk around the challenges and complexities involved in assessing apprenticeships and why apprenticeships are such an important route to qualification. So hello to both of you and thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me today. First off, um, if you'd like to just introduce yourselves and say a bit about what it is you do. Um, So Callum, would you like to start? Thank you for that, Penelope. So my name's Callum and I work for Skills Forward. I'm based in the customer engagement team and I am responsible for leading that team. So any customer that is inducted into our services, I'll be responsible for ensuring they have an outstanding experience um, when dealing with our products and services. Yeah, and um, Leo, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about what you do. Hello, um, I'm Leo. I'm product manager for apprenticeships on N- at NCFE. And I've worked on the endpoint assessment team at NCFE um, pretty much since it was started um, three or four years ago. So I've got quite a lot of experience gained kind of in that time in really understanding what those challenges and complexities have been, um, particularly from an endpoint assessment point of view, but also working together with all of our, our customers, our training providers and colleges to understand assessment from their point of view as well, kind of throughout the journey of an apprenticeship, really. So first off, I just want to talk about the different ways that we do assess apprentices and why each of the different ways are important. Um, so Leo, can we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to look at all of the different ways that we that apprentices are assessed throughout an apprenticeship, really, you have to look at that journey from, from end to finish. So right at the start, you're going to have um, kind of initial assessments and um, understanding what that apprentice already knows according to that apprenticeship really so that you can prioritize different um, learning right the way through and tailor that apprentice's specific learning plan and what they're gonna um, learn throughout the apprenticeship by getting that baseline right at the beginning it, it's just so important to be able to to tailor it in that way and then once that initial assessment's done, there's going to be some formative assessment that's taking place through the on-program learning. And that can take uh, many, many different formats. You know, that there might be a qualification involved if that's the way that the apprenticeship's being designed, um, in which case that formative assessment may be quite formal. So it might be the building of a portfolio towards a qualification, um, but it could also take the form of maybe uh, professional discussions and really collating work-based evidence so that the apprenticeship can de- the apprentice sorry can demonstrate um, the knowledge skills and behaviors that they're they're collecting along the way and then as we get to the end of the apprenticeship um, especially with apprenticeship standards 
this is where an, an endpoint assessment organization comes in. An endpoint assessment organization is an independent body. You know, we, we use the analogy of a driving test quite a lot. So an endpoint assessment an endpoint assessment organization is almost like that driving examiner right at the end of your um, kind of learning to drive journey where your driving examiner is someone that you've never met before who is going to sit with you on the day and look to see whether you can drive kind of in line with the standards that have been set out by uh, the regulators. So the endpoint assessment can then take uh, many, many different formats dependent on the way that that standard has been designed. So this could be a professional discussion, it could be a portfolio, it could be an observation. And they're really, really specific towards the apprenticeship that's been undertaken. I think some of the more interesting examples, because you do get some quite interesting ones, I think on the commie chef um, apprenticeship, you actually have apprenticeship apprentices having to do what's called a culinary challenge which is a bit like a ready, steady, cook scenario with a, with an endpoint assessor. So, you know, the assessment runs right the way through, apprentice, uh, through apprenticeships and they can take both a formal um, or informal um, kind of method. And Callum, I wonder more on the customer side of things. How do you engage your customers with these different forms of assessment? Okay, so, so given the nature of my role, I find myself um, dealing with external stakeholders all the time um, and prescribing them the, the best and most suitable assessments for the topic that is at hand. Now, you know, every single training provider has a different approach to the delivery of assessments and the delivery of the qualification or standard as a whole. But two sort of areas where, you know, they will always reoccur regardless of the nature of the organisation or the courses, and that is, of course, the initial assessments that relate to English and maths, you know, determining that um, starting point um, prior to any learning, you know, to justify the level of course that that individual has been put on. And, you know, just really recognise as early as possible their weak areas in learning. So, you know, I find myself prescribing the use of electronic initial assessments all the time, really essential um, in the assessment aspect of the delivery of a qualification or standard. Um, as well as that, I'll find myself prescribing um, skill scan assessments. So, you know, skill scan assessments are designed specifically for learners who are undertaking a standard. We'll extract the key knowledge, skills and behaviour statements from that particular standard. And the learner will be able to, you know, have an opportunity to say how competent they believe they are in relation to each one of those statements. The result of that, again, uh, assists in how much funding you're going to draw down for that individual, because as we'll all be aware, you can't fund uh, any prior knowledge. And these assessments are absolutely vital uh, in terms of you know obtaining that data. That, of course, um, would be even stronger uh, as an assessment if it was validated by external parties, such as that learner's employer and tutor. So, so, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to prescribing assessments, that's something I'm quite busy doing. Really essential aspect of any apprenticeship. And it can be really powerful in terms of, you know, determining that starting point and measuring that progress throughout the duration of the apprenticeship to ensure that they are as prepared as possible for the endpoint assessment. Okay, so, so that's really interesting because um, it sounds like at that stage, um, it's the assessments are very much tailored towards the individual, um, depending on sort of what level they're starting off from. 
yeah, and that's really important for me, to be honest. So um, as I've recognised there, each training provider, college or local authority will have a different approach when it comes to delivering these apprenticeships. So when it comes to the learners, you know, we need to make sure that they're getting the bespoke information that's going to allow them to be successful. We can't tar everybody with the same brush. Uh, and that's something that you do need to take into consideration when putting your, you know, method of apprenticeship delivery together. The use of assessments, um, you know, to be precise, the artificial intelligence within the assessments and the algorithms embedded within that can be really successful in detecting, um, you know, the learner's weak areas versus strengths. So bespoke assessments is something I'm really, really, really passionate about. And to those users that provide assessments that tie everybody with the same brush, I do ask them to consider, you know, the negative that could arise from that, especially at the stage of endpoint assessment. So what are the challenges presented um, by these kinds of assessments? Well, you know, let's take a hypothetical situation that I am a learner doing an apprenticeship. Of course, the English and maths is a mandatory component of that apprenticeship. So I'll just concentrate on that particular um, sort of situation there. Now, if I was to conduct an initial assessment in English, uh, I may discover that my overall working towards level is, you know, level two. But that needs to take into account that if I'm overall working towards level two, I need to be able to justify that with knowing all of the level one content, all of the entry level content, and be 100% proficient at those skills. And we know that's not always the case. So even though a learner might have level two competency in three out of four areas, in the fourth area where maybe they're only competent at level one or at entry level three, we need to be able to provide a bespoke resource for that um, particular outlet to avoid situations like, you know, being put forward through EPA. And because you've only practiced, um, you know, level two content, because that's what the system prescribed to you in the form of an assessment, you may have failed to brush up on those level one components. And that might prevail in the endpoint assessment when they are recognizing that learner's competency. So, you know, there are some of the issues surrounding not bespoke in content. You know, you can't tie everybody with the same brush, as I've said. Okay, so now I wanted to um, speak about um, why assessment is such an important important part of apprenticeships. Um, so Leo, I wonder if you could tell me um, a bit about how the different assessments can contribute to the learning. So I, th I think really this question goes back to the creation of, of apprenticeship standards. And one of the reasons that those apprenticeship standards were put in place as opposed to, or rather replacing the the apprenticeship frameworks is so that there is that that standard that is there that sits across all sectors and across all of the uk so if an apprentice is undertaking a customer service apprenticeship they're able to do you know their own job that they're doing the apprenticeship at but also they have the ability to take those skills and move them to another role in another organization or even in another sector so the, the assessment is really, really crucial to the learning because um, as Callum spoke about getting that initial assessment really correct, but then also using assessment to be able to benchmark right the way through your progress and ensuring that, you know, that learning taking place is it's at the right pace. It's not too slow. It's not too quick. Um, apprentices are really fully able to comprehend everything that they're learning and then also throughout the apprenticeship apply it within their job because that's a really really crucial part you know apprenticeships are made up of knowledge skills and behaviors that's what makes them different to just a, a qualification in something that might just be knowledge based 
they're really kind of understanding those skills and behaviors and picking those up and assessment throughout the um, formative assessment throughout the on program learning phase of apprenticeship can can really kind of empower that and help those apprentices to, to bed that in. And Callum, do you get any feedback from people undertaking apprenticeships about the different kinds of assessment they're asked to do and whether they have doubts or concerns about them? Well, yeah, I'm in a great position to answer that. I mean, feedback is, uh, you know, something that I encourage from my customers more and more. And I can assure you they are fantastic in uh, providing that, whether that be positive or negative. I think when I'm in the initial discussion uh, regarding the assessments that they, they are to use as part of the apprenticeship, I kind of um, I feel a bit of a need to sell it to them. So there's a lot of association that assessments are used just to keep compliant. OK, so it's just the compliance aspect that teachers will or tutors will have the mindset that the only reason they have to do this assessment is to comply with the rules that have been specified by the government and there is nothing more to it than that. Well, you know, I like to put the special attention on the functions of the assessments and the importance that that provides to customers. And I think once, you know, you convey that information to them, you can really get them bought into your ideas and they can start to actually believe in the assessments that they're conducting. So, I mean, I can only speak on behalf of what I know, and, and that is, you know, functional skills, initial assessments and skill scan assessments. But, you know, just informing a, a trained provider that's just started or a college, you know, that's just starting up and getting a feel for the apprenticeship world, the initial assessment is more than just a tick box activity. It allows you to justify the level of course that you're putting that learner on. And, you know, as I've said previously, really get into their strengths and weaknesses within that particular um, you know, subject area. And, you know, it saves them It saves them a job when you think about it long term. So for those training providers that are just starting up, you know, the question that is, you need to conduct an initial assessment that reflects that learner's overall working towards level. That might be something that intimidates them straight away. You know, how am I going to put this content together and make it valid? Well, you know, obtaining assessments that have been developed by subject specialists or professionals can really help you sort of smooth out your delivery of apprenticeships. There's always, you know, aspects of negative feedback. I feel like some learners feel like they're hindered by assessments and they just want to get on with the learning content within their apprenticeship standard. But, you know, as I've said, there's, there's more to it than just compliance. If you can really sell the use of an initial assessment as to determine that learner's capability level, it really does encourage the use of assessments. So I have a couple of clients that um, will actually print out their initial assessment scores and send their learners home with those scores to then show to the likes of their parents or any peers that might be interested. You know, it's quite rewarding to say, I've taken an assessment and I've recognised my current competency to be this and I've got a clear plan as to what I'm going to practise next in order to, you know, really hone in on those knowledge, skills and behaviours. So, you know, really essential in the grand scheme of things. I, th I think on that point as well, um, it's really, really important to be able to sell the purpose of assessment. You know, to really, really make clear that an assessment, as, as you said, isn't just an assessment for the sake of it. You know, the assessment has a purpose and this is going to be the outcome. So we find that training providers who are really, really able to, to demonstrate that to their learners and to their apprentices, um, their apprentices are much more bought into those assessments, particularly endpoint assessment. And I imagine that the pandemic has had a massive impact on apprenticeships, um, especially 
work-based apprenticeships. Um, so I wondered if you could tell me a bit about um, how recent events have um, impacted your work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, dramatically is, is probably the, the one word answer, as I'm sure, is the, the same for, for absolutely everyone. Um, so we, we were able to move quite quickly um, when the lockdown first was, was put in place. And a lot of endpoint assessment, which is the, the majority of assessment that we as an endpoint assessment organisation undertake, um, can tend to happen in the workplace. So it could be observations in the workplace or professional discussions where our endpoint assessors go out to visit an apprentice in their place of work. Um, luckily, we had previously um, adopted kind of digital methods, so using video conferencing and things like that for um, endpoint assessment and professional discussions and interviews. Um, but one of the thing, one of the ways that things have have been quite difficult is um, where particular assessment plans mandate, say, an observation. Um, luckily, the Institute for Apprenticeships and the the Education Skills Funding Agency, around the time that, that the lockdown first started, were able to adapt quite rapidly, um, and and it was really really quite um, it was really good. So they they put in place dispensations for a lot of standards. We we were very very lucky in that a lot of the standards that we offer, in particular, were able to be delivered with these dispensations in place. So that could take the form of where there'd previously been a workplace observation that had been required for a particular standard that observation had been replaced by say a reflective account and a half an hour question and answer session and it, it the replacement um, assessment would look at exactly the same um, assessment criteria within that but just using the new format um, for that assessment and I think well I mean that's still the way that we're operating now um, for us we're able to deliver all of those assessments remotely now and it, it's it's an interesting thing because I think in the future there's been a lot of well I mean in you know in the past um, 12 months there's been so much adoption of these kind of um, digital solutions especially to apprenticeships and assessment that i think they're, they're going to stick in the future um another really really good example of this is remote invigilation which is something that i i don't think anyone had really considered about a year ago but now we're in a position where we are able to utilize remote invigilation so if someone's undertaking a written test so a multiple choice test or, or something like that they're able to do that at a computer using the webcam on their computer and the um, camera on a phone to be able to have someone remotely um, invigilate a particular assessment. So do you see those modifications being something that opens up apprenticeships more in the future? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the interesting thing about some of those particular adaptations um, has been that I think regulators are, are much more open to those kind of um, th those kind of digital tools being used within kind of the agreed assessment methodologies of the apprenticeship standard. 
whereas in in the past um they they might have been maybe a little bit more risk averse potentially but now you know we've we've got a great use case of exactly how it has worked and it's it's worked really because it's it's absolutely had to and Callum this might be one for you um what kind of what extra support have you had to offer for um apprentices during this time well they are always the focus of course I mean the sole reason I come in to work and do my job is for the you know the benefit of the learner and I'd like to think that anybody else in the sector shares that same thought now when lockdown hit I think it's important to recognize that not everybody was actually utilizing electronic assessments so you know there's more than just electronic assessments out there there's paper-based alternatives there's even um, alternatives that assessors have been peddling for way too longer than what they, they should have done. You know, they come up with it 20 years ago and nobody's managed to better it since. Well, you know, I slightly disagree. So, you know, just encouraging the use of electronic assessments in the event that, you know, a world pandemic was to ever hit. I'm sure there was a couple of people joking about that at the back end of uh, 2019 that something like that would never happen. Well, don't those individuals feel silly now? So... The re how I've had to sort of tailor myself to support this is being a lot more social in terms of my method of engagement with stakeholders. So, you know, Teams meetings, I'm sure that, you know, Teams has seen a massive benefit um, from everybody being stuck inside. I mean, it goes further than just presenting the users with training. It's just making sure that they're okay and, you know, they're able to come into work and perform how they need to in order for the learners to gain you know, access to a qualification. So, you know, the whole strategy of account management always starts off with developing the product and filling a train need. But sometimes, you know, we, we just get an odd call on a Friday afternoon where somebody just wants to have a little bit of a vent about you know, the responsibilities they've had on that particular week. So it's just tailoring your approach to be a bit less, you know, throat caught, you know, business, sharp, and, and you know, taking a bit more of an understanding approach and just making sure that we're all pulling together for the sake of the learner. So Teams has helped me out massively in terms of my presentations and, and it allows me to actually ensure that the effectiveness of my training is taking place. So when you can see people physically react to what you're saying or what you're showing them, it, it allows you to sort of capture whether it's been successful or not. Because, you know, not everyone's learning style is um, on Teams, of course. There is still the odd individual that will just refer to emails or a live chat facility. But, you know, really just making sure that everybody's okay and um, up to scratch when it comes to achieving that qualification for the learner, however that might be. I also wanted to ask you both um, why you think apprenticeships are such an important avenue for people. Um, so maybe, Leo, if we could start with you. Yeah, I, I mean... It's just really, really important for people to have choice when they think about the kind of training that they could potentially go into. I mean, you know, I, I think about my experience at, um, at school and at sixth form and the, the kind of the overriding feeling that I got from, from my sixth form tutors was that, you, you know, you will go to university. And that, that essentially was, was the end of it. I wasn't really presented with, with choices. Well, it wasn't really... Um, th those kind of choices weren't really presented to me and definitely apprenticeships weren't something that was spoken about a lot and I, I do think that that is something that has changed quite a lot I do think apprenticeships have had somewhat of an image makeover in the past couple of years which is really really exciting because what that means is that 
I think they are much more accessible to people now. And I, I think that the the way that apprenticeship standards are actually put together, you know, through employer trailblazer groups who have to get together and, and essentially, you know, decide this is a role for which an apprenticeship needs to exist. It's really, really exciting because what that means is that these apprenticeships become so much more tangible, so much more relatable to a really, really specific job, but also that there's really um, kind of demonstrable progression through apprenticeships. You know, we, we operate in the health sector and you can you can draw a path from, you know, healthcare support worker as, as an entry level position through to a senior health uh, healthcare support worker at level three. And then before moving on to potentially um, healthcare assistant practitioner or nursing associate, there's really, really clear lines um, for people to be able to progress through. But also it's just a really important option for people who might not be academically minded. And Callum, I believe you yourself were an apprentice at NCFE. So I just wanted to ask why that was such an important career route for you. I am a huge, huge fan of apprenticeships and you know, I'd be keen to prescribe it to um, you know, hundreds of learners depending on their situational story. And just, just to expand on that answer a little bit more, I'd like to share a little bit of my story. So, you know, similar to Leo, I find myself on the completion of school um, with, of course, grades that I consider to be good. You know, I was happy with the grades that I received in secondary school and I find myself looking for, you know, the next step. Now, I've known from a very young age that I want to be a CEO. It is what it is. I want to be a chief executive operator and that is the, you know, route of progression that I'm deciding to take now. Now, when I approached my sixth form to have this conversation with them, they made me feel as if that option was not for me and I was maybe you know overstipulating what I could and couldn't do now what they then provided me with is a range of sporting courses that they felt would be much more appropriate for myself they had made me believe that sports was the route forward for me and uh, that was kind of what I was stuck with that put me in a position in my life where you know I'd lost all ambition I thought that the goals that I'd originally set out have just depleted until I discovered apprenticeships so I applied for an apprenticeship at Skills Forward back in 2018. You know, thought I'd just chuck myself into the working world and, and see what I could achieve via this apprenticeship. I was successful in the completion of my apprenticeship and I managed to achieve level three qualification in business administration. Now, the fantastic thing about apprenticeships is that you get access to a pot of levy um, off the back of completing a qualification that you can utilise to fund further courses. So I was busy in terms of arranging my next steps. You know, I purchased a level four qualification in leadership and management as that was appropriate for the route of personal progression I wanted to take. And I was successful in achieving that qualification also. You know, this is something my employers recognised that I'd been continuously progressing myself and putting my hand up for additional responsibility. And this is when the managing director approached me um, to offer me a fully funded place at Yorkshire University through a level six chartered manager degree. So apprenticeships have given me the ability to re-engage in my original goals to be a chief executive operator. and given me the ability to actually believe those once again. So taking myself back to 17 year old Callum who was sat in front of his uh, you know, sixth form staff who were telling him that sport was the only route forward for him to being part of this podcast today 
and being responsible for leading a team of seven in my early 20s is a, you know it's a story that I consider to be fantastic so any learner um, that can take it from you know somebody who's gained success from apprenticeships just do it well thank you so much for sharing that Callum it's really great to hear from someone who has actually undertaken an apprenticeship and evidently been so successful um, so finally, I just wanted to ask you both a bit about what you see the future of apprenticeships looking like. Is there anything you see on the horizon that you think will have an impact? Um, for example, new apprenticeship standards? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the great thing about the apprenticeship standards is that it, that, you know, they, they just, um, they keep on getting developed, which is fantastic. And if, if you haven't, um, recently had a look I'd, I'd really recommend just having a look at the Institute for Apprenticeships website because you can just see the full list of apprenticeship standards that are available for people to undertake and it's it's really really great you know you can look through and see some some like really interesting apprenticeships that just keep on getting developed and they're just going to keep on getting developed in that way because employers are always going to have a need that needs to be fulfilled by a particular role. And if an apprenticeship doesn't already exist for that role, then um, then they're going to get together and, and develop that. I think in, in terms of changes on the horizon, um, there's recently been an FE white paper that I think has really cemented the position of apprenticeship standards. And I think apprenticeship standards are going to be here to stay for, for a long, well, for a good while. I think it was such a radical change um, when they were first implemented that I think there has been somewhat of a, of a teething um, process. You know, it, it's taken a while, I think, for, for endpoint assessment organisations and training providers to really understand um, the, full, the full kind of weight of the reform. But now we're really at a point where... Um, I think people are really people have a, a good level of understanding and people are really excelling at both delivery and endpoint assessment. I think really in the future there's just going to be more digitally focused methodologies as well. I think especially as regulators but get more and more comfortable with those kinds of um, techniques being used, you know, things like the remote invigilation, then I think they're going to be more open to those kind of innovations maybe in other areas as well. And do you think that drive for more apprenticeships is coming from employers or learners um, or perhaps both? I think there's there's a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, as Callum spoke about earlier, apprentice, I think apprenticeships are, are more desirable than they maybe were in the in the past. And I think as more more learners understand what an apprenticeship is and what they can actually do with it. You know, I, I speak to people on on a daily or, or kind of weekly basis who, who don't really understand how to access apprenticeships and actually the breadth of studying that they could do with apprenticeships. And once you explain it to them in detail, they're amazed. You know, if they're a manager, they want to enable their, their staff members to undertake apprenticeships. And if they're, if they're you know, a potential learner then they they want to get involved um so i think i think learners are definitely driving it and then at the same time with the employers um the employers have potentially a levy to use and i think the 
the they're always going to want to utilize that levy in the most effective way for their particular circumstance. So I think from that point of view, they're always going to be looking to their um, kind of current apprenticeship schemes and thinking, you know, does this work for us? Does this suit our needs? Or is there a gap that could potentially be filled by, you know, a, a specific new type of apprenticeship? Any final thoughts from either of you before we go? I just echo what I said before, just apprenticeships are incredible and really do like get involved have a look see if there's something that you'd want to do an apprenticeship in and just look at the list that they're great they're for everyone they're not just for young people um yeah tell everyone about apprenticeships and tell them that they're great okay (laughs) that's good to hear for (laughs) national apprenticeship week (laughs) definitely last last thing from me is you know just don't be held back from achieving your goals don't let anybody tell you that you know, you can't progress in, in that particular subject area or route. Apprenticeships is a fantastic option uh, in terms of, you know, pursuing the career of your choice whilst getting some, you know, on the job experience as well. So if you are thinking about uh, obtaining an apprenticeship, go for it. Well, again, thank you both so much. Thank you for listening to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. You can find more of our podcasts on our website. Just search Podcast Gallery or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or YouTube.